0: Welcome to the Play Create Podcast. I'm Kirsten Gunnery. And I'm Jill Johnson. This is a place to explore play and creativity. It is. And this is where we come together and we play and create forward, which means that we give momentum to our ideas and our thoughts that have been kind of keeping us up every night. Yeah, in every aspect of life, work, parenting, you name it. There's no place we won't go and explore. And when it gets down to it, we just want to have fun. So I am so excited today to have Gary Hirsch with me. I was lucky enough to have met Gary. Gosh, is it twenty, two, three years ago? You know,
1: you have such a better memory than I do, Kirsten. So whatever it, you say, I'm going to agree with.
0: It was when I first went out on my own, which was a long time ago, um, and at a conference, and you and Rob had just started on your feet. Yeah, it was in Miami,
1: wasn't it? It was in Miami. It was. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it was in Miami. And you guys set a course for me because it was one of the most unique experiences I'd ever had in business, even working in an ad agency, which was supposed to be all fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And you brought home the idea that play and creativity and improv and all of those things had a really important and serious role in business. And which to me was like, (laughs) oh.
1: Thank you. I'm just laughing because honestly, I know we probably came off as knowing what the hell we were talking about, but I think literally <laughs> that was the first time that we can, you're right. This is like 22 years ago. And, yeah. and we, you know, I think one thing that we realized right out of the blocks, if we're going to use improv, uh, this weird art form, which was at the time, nobody even knew except for it's standup clubs and things, uh, in, in business and in advertising, the really, the way to do it is just sound like, you know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and so and so I think we did. I think we showed up to this conference like the first time we ever did something in public and we're like, here's what you should know as if we've been doing this forever. Yeah. It was About three weeks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad we convinced you.
0: Fabulous. You convinced a lot of us. It was so <laughs> amazing. And it has <laughs> led to a very long and amazing friendship. And I consider you one of yeah. my mentors and all kinds of things. So I'm thrilled to be able to share you with the people who are listening and watching our <laughs> podcast. And Gary, you are, uh, so much has happened since then. You've spoken at TEDx. You speak at World Domination Summit and participate in a lot of the really fun things that they're doing. Um, On Your Feet has become, from that we didn't know what we were doing, to a wildly successful business. (laughs) That still doesn't really
1: know what it's doing. But go (laughs) ahead. You're being nice.
0: (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't yeah Yeah, Um, yeah, (laughs) you're an artist which is actually how you and rob met was through your art and you are the creator of bot joy which is also very near and dear to my heart making these joy bots and brave bots and all kinds of things that spread joy and all kinds Mm -hmm. of amazing things in the world so what i would love to explore today with you is a little bit about your story and how these bots came to be because they actually started with nightmares as a kid
1: yeah no they did um that's so cool thanks for asking me i tell that story and every time i do um it's it's strange when you tell a story about something happening in the past what happens is is two things happen one is you sort of remember it every time right so it sort of comes back but also i think what happens is is you sort of change it every time and you sort of You sort of then start to wonder, did that really happen or is that just the way that I've been telling that story? Um, And I've decided not to care either way. So um, you mentioned Rob, Rob Pointon. He is um, a dear friend and, and someone I started this journey with to use art in other contexts. And he said to me once, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. So um, this is a true story as far as I know <laughs> and as far as my recollection is.
0: You have proof, so, you have pictures. I think we're in good shape. Yeah, we
1: do have proof. You're right. Oh, no, <laughs> the story for sure is proof. It's like those small things, those small details. Yeah. Um, you'll see in the story, I, I talk about a certain type of breakfast food. And, uh, you know, we can't verify if it was actually that type of breakfast food that happened yeah. in the story or not. But I guess, sure. So I'm happy to tell it. It's a good introduction to how I've been approaching art making. and. Wrestling with my own fear and anxiety. So it's kind of a combination of both. So uh, I grew up in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. And usually when I say that and when I'm speaking, there's always one person in the crowd of like 2,000 that goes, woo! And we have to go, yeah, Cleveland Heights. So uh, on a podcast, we can just pretend that happened. Um, and so growing up in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, I would have these about eight or nine was my age at the time. Lots of stuff was going on in my household, actually. So this was really uh, right around the time, right before my folks separated and got divorced. And uh, my sister was going through some stuff. She's older. So there's lots of happening in my life at that time as a kid. Uh, And it was also the time when the nightmares began. And these nightmares, you know, everyone, uh, probably everyone has had a nightmare, sure. And everyone has had vivid nightmares. This part is, I think, I know for sure it was true, and I'm not embellishing it in the memory of it. These nightmares were Vividly terrifying. So here's like a story of a nightmare. Imagine you're a kid who's laying in bed and suddenly their uh, door of their bedroom just breaks open. I was I had a bunk bed, by the way, but I was on the bottom and there was never anyone on top. But the, literally, I always had a bunk bed in case friends came over, which they did sometimes. I wasn't that lonely of a kid. But my I was on the bottom of the bunk bed and the door breaks open. And then this sort of giant hand starts to creep in towards the bed and it's got this like elongated arm that just keeps going you know and uh it would it, it grabbed me this is a vivid one of these vivid memories it grabbed me and then some you know apparating out of nowhere was a giant mouth of a maw of huge teeth and just the mouth and the hand was taking me towards it's like you know something out of a horror movie and then i would get swallowed by this monster and you would think that's enough right like that's enough like wake yourself up but no that's not what happened then then I decided, or my brain decided to really screw with me. And so I would get swallowed by this monster and inside of the belly was a whole nother environment. And this was sort of a classic like graveyard with zombies and monsters chasing me. So it's like monster that ate me to go inside to be- create another monster. Anyways, it's terrifying. You can see. That right? is
0: terrifying, Gary. I don't, right. I knew you had the nightmares and you, but I didn't. I never knew this. No. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: This, this is, this is, uh, this is the one that sticks out for me because, um, uh, so it's, it's real. It's like, it, could it get worse? Yes, it does. You know, it's and the zombies chase me throughout the graveyard and then they kill me. It's like it just keeps going. So on these nights when I have these terrible nightmares, I would, I would find a way to wake myself up and I would sort of waddle over to my parents' uh, bedroom at the time and. My dad would wake up, he was very diligent with me. He was never like, just go back to sleep. He was like, okay, let's find out what's going on. And this is happening night after night. And so uh, he would sort of pick me up and he would take me down the stairs into the kitchen. We had these great stools and counters there in, uh on Belfield Road in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. And he would put me on this counter and then he would make me uh, the, the breakfast food. Now here comes a breakfast food reference. He would <laughs> put uh, cinnamon toast into the toaster. Um, That is my memory of this. Although I've asked him about this, he goes, I don't remember anything about cinnamon toast. So he put the cinnamon toast in and it would pop up, you know how that smells. It was just wow, like two in the morning. So and good. then he would sit me down with my cinnamon toast and bring it over. And then he would go grab the magical sort of pad of paper. It wasn't even a pad, it was a stack of paper and pencils. And he said to me, and he would say to me, and this became a ritual, not to elongate the story too much. He was like, you should draw these things that are so scary for you. You should draw these monsters. Let's see them. I'm curious. What are these like? That's kind of how this all started. And so I was like, oh yeah, totally. And I was into drawing at the time. I was getting in trouble a lot in class because I wasn't listening. Instead, I was drawing on the side of the okay. notebook, which of course actually means I was listening more
0: right. because that's
1: how I listen. But nice. that wasn't how it was indicated in, in the uh, educational system of, of Roxborough Elementary. So I would draw these pictures and then we would have these sort of, this is our, our, our sort of moment of coming together because my dad would be like, what's that? And he got really curious. And then he would go like, what do you name that monster? I was like, well, that's, he's got giant lights coming out of his head. That's the lamppost monster. It's like, cool, lamppost monster. So then he would write the name of it on the thing. And then he would go, can I name this one? So we'd have this sort of, we had this moment of coming together, of collaborating, of being close around these monsters. And so this would kept going on, right? And And this was sort of a ritual. And um, eventually, after after a while, one night my dad brings me down. He puts me in front. Cinnamon toast pops up, and he says, uh, "Instead of drawing this mon- these monsters tonight," and he hands me another pencil with a big eraser on the end. And he goes, "Can you just see what it's like to erase them, to erase your drawings?" Um, and I was like, "Sure, sure. Whatever. Great. I get to stay up and talk to you and have cinnamon toast." So I started erasing these drawings and erasing them, and of course. Now, in retrospect, as smart grown-ups who think about these things we can we can kind of look at that moment and go, "Oh wow, what a metaphor, right yeah. It's like you're f- literally erasing your own nightmares um but here's the cool thing, which was it worked. Yeah. so h- having me do that brought those you know the 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 power that I had be able to be able to sort of transform the power of my own power onto them. What's what I'm trying to say. I, I became empowered. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Over these over the sphere. And it became this joyful, amazing thing drawing and drawing monsters that I've done till this very second. Literally, right before we came on the podcast, I was creating a piece. So yeah. It's followed me up my whole life.
0: Yeah, your monsters, the the things of nightmares became your muse and now spread immense joy.
1: Oh, Kirsten, that's like a good book title. I'm gonna write that down. (laughs) From Monsters to Muse, the Gary Hurst story.
0: What I love so much about this story is so many things, but we tend to be so afraid to look at our nightmares. We tend to be so afraid to look at the things we're afraid of. And we tend to put them in these closets, like the closets, yours came out of, right? <laughs> and pretend they're not there. And yet they tend to be affecting us all the time because they're hiding, they're always hiding in the closet and or inside somewhere, right? We'll stuff them inside somewhere. And there's so much more evidence out there now. And so many people e- expressing this idea of, actually spending some time with your monsters, spending some time with your fear and how that has the power to transform. And it does. It, Mm -hmm. It, it, truly does. And so these things that we're so afraid to look at usually aren't what we think they are. And oftentimes that thing that we're so afraid of is what brings us joy. I had a storyteller that I worked with once who um, was like doing. It was the first time I ever had an astrology chart done, a natal chart. I didn't even know what it was at the time. And when he got to this house that he called the cave, he told this story of Hercules biting the, was it the Hydra, that with all the heads. Yeah, it's And and when he he does these certain things, he has to surrender to win. He has to do all these things are completely against his nature. Right, the things the that he would behavior. never do. yeah, And look at it. He has to look at it, which again, he would never, ever, it was so ugly, he didn't want to look at it. And in the power of doing that and putting it in the light, it turns into a gem. Mm. Again, I don't know. So it goes from this monster to this diamond, basically, or, you know, this yeah. beautiful gem. And I don't know if that's the true story. It doesn't matter. Don't but let the inspired, truth get in the way
1: of a good story.
0: Exactly. It inspired me to deal with the stuff that was in that cave. And again, it was life changing. It was transformative yeah. to finally be willing to put that thing out in the light and see that it wasn't nearly as scary or as big as I was making it. Because we use story for that too. We use story to take these things we're so afraid of and make them even bigger and make them even scarier and make them oh, even... am sure we do. You know? Oh my
1: gosh, of course we do. I mean, it, it makes me, it's a cool story. The the Hydra story is is yeah. is awesome. Um, it makes me think of, uh, actually it makes me think of my improv work weirdly, although we're talking about visual arts. I do both things. I yes. And in improvisation, there's a really simple idea, which I know you're super familiar with, um, which is that everything's an offer. It's yes. actually the name of a book that Rob and I worked on together. But the idea there is that um, shit happens. Bad shit can happen. Sometimes it's little shit, big, whatever. It it can happen. And um, a question that improvisers ask when anything happens, first of all, they don't really even evaluate, is it good or bad? So if you and I are up on stage together and I accidentally trip over my shoelace, I'm not going to go, oh my gosh, I wish that didn't happen. What an improviser does immediately asks, what can I do with that? Right They ask what's the offer here, and I think the same thing is true, like if you think about that the the story of me and my dad drawing my dad was behaving like an improviser in a weird way. He was like, "Let's see what the offer is of my son having all these terrible nightmares. Well, the offer is is, and he doesn't do this. I've asked him about this too by the way he wasn't he's not he's a cardiologist, he doesn't study child psychology. this wasn't like something that he read in the pop psych book. he just did it, and the reason he just did it was. I mean, it's he who he is, but he was his his practice was let's here's something my son is bringing to me. What can I do with it? Yeah, what can I do with it in a positive way? So when you talk about you know, and to get really practical about things, like like we can there are things that are scary to us, and right now, right now, the moment is scary. <laughs> it's a bigger list today than it was two months ago yeah. of what is scary. Now, what do you do with that? Yeah. How do you see those monsters as an offer? How do you turn them into something that can be joyful? And I think the bar is low. It's like, how can you just make yourself a little less terrified? It doesn't have to change your life here. Let's just figure out how you can see it as an offer. So like, you know, a concrete, although hard pill to swallow is a lot of people, including myself, our work is transformed right now. Right. And, and the security that I've had in my work now has changed. That feels like a monster to me. So I ask my question, where can I find what's the joy in that monster? And of course, some of them them are obvious, which is um, time. I now have more time that is an offer, which I'm trying to take full advantage of. And I, I wake up every day with more ideas in my head than I ever have before because of this environment, because of this, because of these monsters. So I think, Some of it is a framing, it's a framing piece. And I I do go back to that story all the time because I kind of look to the way that my dad behaved and then the way that I behaved with him as a model for everything else that I do actually. So it's kind of a grounding, it's it's the origin story really.
0: Well, and the word that comes to mind for those, and I love everything's an offer as you know, but it's also just pure curiosity. Yeah. It's that willingness to be curious and be curious enough to explore and ask questions and want to understand deeper. And when yep. we use that curiosity, that's when those offers show up. Um, you know, For those who don't, that language doesn't resonate with the, it, just be curious. Same,
1: same idea. Totally. It's absolutely right. It's like, get curious about it. It's like, so for example, again, like, like we have different monsters today than we, we had two months ago. I find that to be just so interesting. Like even in this context right now, Kirsten, you and I are on Zoom, right? Or on this virtual platform. Yes. Well, this is a different way to communicate. First of all, it's bizarre because I have to look at myself while I'm talking to you. I've never did that in <laughs> real life. It's like I didn't have like a, Brain to up a is mirror. Not no, it, it suddenly really can't even handle that. Yeah. But again, a lot of people might kind of go, oh my gosh, I, there, there can be a monster associated just with this kind of uh, communication and contact. You might be an introvert. You might like go, I don't really want to look at myself. I don't want to have to worry about my physical appearance. Suddenly I'm more self-conscious than I ever have been, for example. Um, and so there, the question would be, what do you do with that monster? How do you use that? What, what are the creative ways to still, because if you cut this out completely, you you will stop talking to human yes. beings or you'll get old fashioned go back to the phone. And that might be the offer. The offer might be, I mean, I'm finding phone calls better than this in a million years right now. So, yeah. but there's, there's an offer embedded anywhere and it might be, um, how do I learn to love the way I look on zoom? That yeah. could be the offer. Yep. So I think, or it could be the curiosity, as you say, I like, I like that reframe a lot. Like what, yeah. what, what can I get more curious about? Why yeah. do I hate this? I should, I should get more curious about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And explore and see and, and, and one of the things that I did at a, with a gathering group that I do some work with was we took this idea and uh, we, that we had people draw their monster Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and this was right this was about a month ago when actually a couple weeks ago when things really started getting heavy because the novelty of things was starting to wear off the the seriousness and the unknowns were starting to get really big because it was all still so unknown and so the fears that people drew were big they were really big And then we did the twist and you and I've talked about this and brainstormed about this, but we did the twist, which was to take that picture and transform it. And uh, probably half of the group just sat there. (laughs) They had no idea what to do with it. Fairly so, right? Like that feels, how do I transform this? Right. Mm -hmm. One of them was a huge black hole. How do I transform a black hole? And we just let them sit with it and let and let that just be there. And all of them, in short order, once they got past that resistance of "I can't shift this," found something to turn it into. And the black hole ended up becoming a heart, and the you know all these other things. The thing that kind of like your monsters, the thing that was really scary looking then became pretty cute because they added, you know, ears or turned the teeth into a smile or just did different things with it. And so we don't even necessarily have to think that much about this stuff, like just allow it to emerge and play with it. And then maybe think about it. But I think we too get so caught up in our heads of how am I going to Shift this, what am and what's so beautiful about what your dad did too is it wasn't, he didn't make it a head thing, it wasn't about overthinking it, it was just about doing it and trying it, yeah. and that shifted everything else.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, gosh knows, especially when your ego is attached to being a, a thinking person, yeah. that that's where you go, right? I mean, um, I completely appreciate that, and and yeah, you don't, I think. I think just simple fact of noticing, I'm back to your curiosity. I think it's pretty right on because the idea of noticing where, and again, it starts in the body, I guess. Like you can get so caught up in your head you don't even know you're terrified. You don't even know that you've been racing for the last two hours with your heart rate elevated and your brain sort of spinning around because you're just dealing with or fantasizing about. I've become a big fan of, um, I, I think I'm on the sixth, uh, just on auto loop of Eckhart Tolle's um, "Power of Now." At this point, I mean, I just literally is like the background text of my head, which is an old sort of. Some people think is a little, little cheesy. He definitely has a monotone voice, which puts you to sleep. It's good to listen to at night, but <laughs> I just think it's brilliant. And what the brilliant part about it simply is to say the only thing that really matters, or the only thing that's really real, and this you can argue this. I'm happy to argue it, but not really because I don't like to argue. But the only thing that's really real is what's happening. Right now, because yes. this is it. The only th- and everything else happened before, and and now that I've said it, that thing I said right now is now in the past. It's like this second, nope, this moment, no, this micro moment, and everything ahead of it is just us thinking about something that's not there, and everything behind it is something that's not there. And I find that to be a huge piece of comfort when it comes to fear, actually, because um, I can. I'm still breathing right now in this moment. I'm actually right. feeling pretty comfortable. I'm doing okay. And oh, in this moment too, and actually this moment as well. If I put those all together, I've had 55 years of those moments and I'm still breathing. Yeah. So it seems like I've been doing okay with all this crap. Like, so far, so good. But as soon as my brain goes to what he calls psychological time, where you, you let your, you let it spin out, into the, especially into the future for me, uh, then I get paralyzed and yeah. I get overwhelmed. And I get, um, I, I become a, a Gary I don't like.
0: So do you ever, have you ever used that same tool that you did as a kid with the tool that we're talking about now? Have you ever played with drawing it? Oh yeah. Doing something with it?
1: Oh, well, let's see. I've not done the exact experience you've described, but I think for me, um, if, you, if you, and I think you'll probably show some visuals if you go on the YouTube part of this thing, yeah. um, my art, I haven't stopped drawing monsters. I have right. not stopped drawing monsters since I was seven. I draw them all the time. I draw them constantly. I draw them big on giant murals on the street. I draw them really little on little dominoes. I draw them every single notebook, literally. I mean, here's a notebook just started, It's full of doodles. So I don't, I don't create um, art moments. Um, I create moments in between making art <laughs> in my life. It's like the other way around. Like, I don't go like, oh, time for an art experience. I'm like, no, it's time for a, a life experience while I've been drawing so it's to me it's like a barrage, like it's that important.
0: And that's where you get your kind of peace and solace. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, uh, I draw these little domino robots, which I, I know you're familiar with, but I am literally and I draw them, I do all sorts of things with them. Um, but I have drawn fifty-seven thousand of them. And man, if I didn't like doing that, I wouldn't be up to that number because right. what can you do anything 57,000 times if you don't like it, right? right? So yeah, it's my meditation. It's my it's my piece
0: for sure. And we're gonna do another podcast on them because they are like one of my favorite things on this planet and they are spreading so much needed joy right now for people and for people who wanna check it out before we, um, before we do that podcast um they can go to botjoy.com and then is it okay if we share that coloring book with people Uh, yeah sure have them so we'll we'll uh post in the notes of the podcast where they can download that
1: yeah that's the uh less fear more joy coloring book so uh it's just designed for that purpose yeah besides coloring is another one of those great of mindless meditative things yeah go outside the lines don't stay in the lines
0: <laughs> so here's here's well and yeah i could go on and on forever because on your feet is less fear more joy yes, also that's right the, it's that's what's this written on a wall is literally run through your entire life and again i just I think we get so caught up in the, the scary times in our life and those stories. And yet, in my belief, those stories are what have the potential to completely transform our life and turn into some of the biggest gifts that can show up in our life. And you certainly demonstrate that.
1: <laughs> I, keep, I keep wrestling. I mean, the fear never ends, right? So you never, you never beat it.
0: So our challenge for everybody this week that we want you to share with us on, um, Rocket trike studios on Facebook and on Instagram is uh, how you to draw your picture, to draw what you're afraid of. This isn't artwork. It doesn't matter how beautiful or how that is not the point. So to just draw whatever that is, let it show up on your paper, however it wants to. And then to just look at it, spend some time with it. And then just see how it might want to transform. And again, this isn't overthinking. It's not working up here. It's just literally letting yourself play. And trust me, you will be able to do this. It's like, how is that going to happen? Just keep the pens nearby and just see what wants to emerge. Whatever the first thing is, don't second guess it. If you want to put... Big huge ears on it, and your brain's telling you, "Why would you do that?" Don't listen. Just do it, and play with it until you see what what it shifts into. Um, and then, if you want, from there, you can explore that even further and get really curious about what that is and what it wants to transform into, and just see where it goes. Uh, totally up to you how far you want to take it, but play with that and see where that takes you. That's All cool. inspired by Gary Hirsch.
1: Oh, that's an awesome, awesome yes, and as we would say yes. to that whole idea. That sounds great.
0: Awesome. Well, we will have you back really soon. Thank you so much for being here. Again, I think sure. your story is so powerful and one that so many people would really love to hear right now. Cool. So I'm excited to be able to share it and well, appreciate Thanks
1: for having it. me, Kirsten. I totally appreciate it. it was great to hang out with you for a bit
0: likewise thank you if you like this podcast don't forget to subscribe and definitely share it with all your friends heck yeah we can all use more play and creativity in our lives yes especially with our friends (laughs) yes Uh, check us out on social media we're at rocket trike studios we'd love to have you join us there